growing your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Meese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Well, hello, beautiful. So today I'm interviewing Stevie G, scalp micropigmentation artist award-winning. You know, anytime we learn from these industry leaders about what they're doing, the mindset shifts. They had to make the lessons learned and the journey mistakes they see other artists making. I think there's just so much wisdom that we can gather from watching others. All right, so I'm going to read Stephen's bio. Stephen Gretzler, also known as Stevie G, began his career in scalp micropigmentation in 2012. He partnered with one of the world's largest brands and opened their first two locations in Miami and Palm Beach, Florida. He has since become one of the world's leading experts in scalp micropigmentation, and he also is sought out for his color theory. His knowledge of machines and needles is so extensive. I know he's been a speaker at other conventions and also an MC overseas. I think it was like, I can't remember what the name of that. I think it was like eyebrow convention. Stephen was exposed to different skin types and hairline styles and enabled him to be a very versatile artist. He also, not only does is he a well-known scalp micropigmentation artist, he also is a trainer. He, along with Carla, has opened several locations. I believe they have New York. They have the Palm Beach, Florida location, Miami location. I think she also said Arizona location, which is called Sculpted, if you follow Carla. And yeah, so he's had so much knowledge as his career has changed and evolved in the skill set that you need to run the different locations. And of course, again, all of his lessons learned. So I read your bio and I know that you have been in the industry for a bit. You've been in the industry like you're an OG in the industry. And I think also what people don't know about you unless they follow you is that you have so much in-depth knowledge on machines and needles it seems like you really like geek out on like the science of it and not just the artistry yeah you know when i started like 11 almost 11 years ago now yeah end of 2012 when we started there was nothing made for us we had to grab whatever was available you know whatever tattoo machines or needles were just there you know nothing was really specifically made for what we did so we kind of just had to like make things work I used to buy five route liners and cut them down to get like the right one that I needed. And as you evolve in your art, you tend to hit little roadblocks here and there. And you want to figure out like, okay, how do I, how do I evolve to the next level? Right. And the first evolution starts with like truly understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Right. You figured out how based on just trial and error. But then when you learn really the why behind the how, that's like that real first evolution. And for me, tools became you know, the next major part I'm understanding what's going on in the skin and what my hand is doing and all this stuff. But I didn't understand like, why do I like this machine over this machine? Why do I like about these needles? So I was on a journey to create some new machines, create some new tools. And that ended me up at Microview, those of you who know the company, 
which is a sister brand of FK Irons, which is like the apple of the, the tattoo world. And I spent about two years with the a little less with the owner and they kind of took me under his wing and I learned everything about everything, everything about needles, everything about machines, and really, you know, how we can turn them into something that is more of an extension of our hand and our bodies rather than just like some random tool and understanding what makes a good tool, you know, and working with some of these manufacturers to help them understand like what our needs are. Because prior to that, I mean, I designed the first machine that was specifically made for scalp micropigmentation but at the same time, you know, other than like, you know, maybe nobody really knew, nobody was really working with artists to really figure out like, what do you guys need? And they were just creating stuff and putting it out and artists would use it. Some would like it, some wouldn't. So yeah, I got really fascinated with all of the reasons why, no matter what that was, whether it was like science and biology or just, you know, everything from body posture to the way we breathe, the, the machines that we use to pigments is my recent thing. You know, I've been working on pigment stuff for the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. I geek out on that type of stuff. You know, it's become like a really big passion of mine, you know, cause that's really the only way you can truly evolve and truly help other people evolve is by understanding all that. I feel like as a trainer, if you don't have an answer and everything we do has an intention, right? And if you don't know the reason behind that intention, you're just getting lucky. So there's no real way to train somebody if you don't have those answers. And I, I pride myself on having those answers. Yeah. I I love that you ask why. I think that's such a great thing that, you know, we all should be doing even, you know, like I focus on like marketing for beauty businesses and like understanding the why we post what we post or why the customer is thinking this or, you know, the deeper tangible result that they're getting and the real problem it's solving. Like the why is so important. That's so good. What mistakes do you think a lot of artists are making? And, you know, probably because they just don't know, but like, what do you see in the scalp world is kind of one of those like... Ah, they could just get this right. (laughs) There's a lot. One of the biggest things that I've been tackling is color theory and having the right pigments to have a better effect, have better retention, have better longevity. Because what we've been taught was, again, stuff that has just been placed on the shelves for us. Like the Fitzpatrick scale is what we've all anchored towards, you know, figuring out like skin color. That has nothing to do with identifying skin tones. And until I've done it, there hasn't been any evolution in pigment. It's just they found one way to do it and then people made some small changes about it but some of the big things that we're having are results that are just not realistic that are very very pronounced that are very dark that don't look real you know when you boil scalp micropigmentation down what it really really is and it's like chula's most fundamental form is hair follicle replication well not necessarily hair follicle but the hair follicle and the little shaft right replicating that five o'clock shadow and there are very specific rules that needs to be followed to execute that within the last few years those rules have just been trampling on and a lot of barbers have, have entered our world and it started becoming like well how do we replicate the look of a haircut and how do we do it faster and louder and fortunately that has taken a spin in a, in a direction where we've almost lost like what it should truly look like you know, and it's easy for things to look great today on Instagram or look great for a few first few months. But, you know, when you've been around for 11 years, you can see all the stuff that people are trying. We've tried before. And there's a reason that we, that all the veterans work a certain way because there's your, your body only does certain things. Pigments only react a, a certain way. And although there's been some interesting evolutions in, in overall style, we've 
kind of got to pull back to the foundation. So we've been seeing a lot of like overworked results that don't have longevity. They either look real muddy and busy. The colors are really either too dark or they don't match like what, what the client naturally has. So you know, I'm always trying to fix problems. It creates a lot of headaches, but you know, trying to create a pigment program that takes into consideration, you know, proper color theory and utilizing components that allow us to give great retention today. And also, you know, four five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years down the line. A lot of people just kind of out there, like I said, we're just teaching the how not really teaching why. And when that happens, people just start working and they just start doing what they think works and what looks good. And with, without it being tied to like any real reasons. And when that happens and it's all about the art, things start to create, you know, they just don't look good. And unfortunately we're in a business where the good work goes unnoticed. You know, we are judged as a, in the marketplace on our bad work because nobody sees the good work. They only see the bad heads, the blue ones, the overly done, the super sharp hairlines, the stuff that doesn't look real. And the more that takes place, the more the marketplace is like, hey, maybe we, we shouldn't do this. Meanwhile, there's tons of great work out there. It just, it, it applies under the radar, which is, which is the whole point, right? You know, same thing with eyebrows or lips or whatever, right? You know, it's, it's enhancing these, enhancing the natural parts is really what this is all about, not creating something totally only fake so that's a lot of things that we're running into lately is just some work that's just doesn't look real you know and it's in it yeah 100 percent. it's so funny because i've seen that but not until you called it out have i thought oh you're right like i thought that that was just how the market was evolving but now now i hear your perspective and i'm like yeah you're right it doesn't have that natural look of how it really should be and who knows how that really heals it looks great in the moment right and so that's the thing with the industry there's been this disconnect between veterans who've been doing this a long time and then new people who are stepping in thinking like, oh, well, you know, we're doing it the new way and this way, it looks better than what you guys are doing. And when you've done, and we're all like, well, we tried all that. We've done it and it doesn't heal the right way. You guys will learn that. There'll be a big wake up call in your, your, your fourth, fifth year, you know, and, and even before that. And it, it comes down to really just poor training. You know, there's a lot of bad training out there. And when you have people who have natural talent, especially a lot of these guys who come from the barber world, like they know what to look for. They've been looking at follow-up, whether they know it or not, they've been looking at follow-up patterns for their entire career. They know what fades look like. They know what hairline should look like. They're in a great position to do really well. And then they go to a training with somebody who's shouldn't be training and their work is pretty good. It might be better than where they think better than the trainer. So then they're like, I didn't learn anything from this guy. My work is better and he's training people. Why don't I just train people? So he's already got this watered down BS training that now he's taken to the dolly nose and he's going out only working for two or three years and now he's training. So then that next group of people is like, okay, everything sounds great when you don't know anything, but as they start to move forward in the career, they start hitting walls and they're like, well, I never learned this. So there's been this like cascade of poor training where stuff has just been lost in the mix it's showing in the art unfortunately i always make this joke that like permanent makeup in smp is has is like i remember that game telephone right it's like the longest game of telephone ever somebody talked yeah. to somebody something then they told somebody else then that got regurgitated regurgitated to the point where it's it's no longer got any of the original essence that it started with it's something totally different and it's just assumed is true so there's it's it's showing unfortunately and since we live in a social media world 
you know, the loudest, biggest, brightest voices get heard. And that's what shows in the marketplace and people just assume, okay, well, this person has got a, a big following and a bunch of comments and people going, looks great, looks great, looks great, looks great. What the f- do any of these people know? Nothing. And of course it looks great on Instagram. So then that becomes other new artists are looking, well, how come my work doesn't look like that? How do I, well, it's not supposed to. So there's this really strange disconnect that's happening uh, along with the evolution and the evolution is, is a positive thing. I love that people are stepping into the industry and pushing those boundaries of what is possible because like I said, we didn't really have dedicated tools until a few years ago. So on the good side is you've got people who are, are stepping into this industry and they've got what took us years to figure out. They're getting immediate, they're getting the best tools, the great information so they can hit the ground running. And some of the art that they're creating is really pushing the boundaries. But you know, when that is disconnected from the true laws of SMB, when there's the, when there's the disconnect between the science and the art, that's where problems start to arise. So there's, a, it happens that when you get the veterans who are out there explaining these type of things, it's, oh, well, they're jealous. They can't do it this way, or they're just old. They're just stuck in their ways. And yeah, you know, what I'd love to see is like your business has really evolved. Like not only do you have the SMP and you have the training, you have multiple locations with Sculpta now and the pigments and the product line, the machines coming out. When you think about from a business mindset, the transition, because those are different business models, right? Like it takes a different skill set to be a service provider and then do a training facility and a different skill set to even have a product line. Like how have you evolved as a person to manage these different projects and on a business side? For me, it happened, it was, it was a natural evolution. You know, I never wanted to train. I hated school. I hated every, I just, I never wanted to do it. And the constant need, and I saw other people who weren't as skilled as me training people. I was like, you know what, let's, let's get into this. And, you know, like, just like you said, just cause you're a great artist does not make you a great teacher. And just because you don't like the way somebody creates art doesn't mean that they're not an amazing teacher, right? I, I give football as an example, right? Like you've got these coaches who they're not in shape. They can't run, they can't jump like, but they're there teaching the guy who's got all of this skill and all of this potential and they're using their knowledge to help create that. And, you know, I think people need to be a little bit more open to, again, understanding like the why behind everything. But for me, you know, training just kind of happened and it takes a while to, you know, when I did it, we had to create our, our books, our platforms. We couldn't just go train with somebody and grab all their stuff and throw it on Photoshop, change a few things and boom, now you got a curriculum. Like, no, we wrote that. And that was a big thing. And then also just learning how to, learning how to teach, you know, it's like with cooking, right? It's easy to make a plate for your wife or your husband, whenever and know that they'll like it or for a group of three or four people, you know, but you know, then when you start cooking for 30, 40, 50, or hundred people, you got to pull the salt. You can't go so spicy, you know, so you got to curate something that is digestible, palatable to the masses. Understand how some people learn by seeing you know, all the different learning types. You got to learn that. So training is, is not easy and it's great for financial needs. You know, we can, we can get a good amount and it doesn't take too long. And there's good money in it, but what other people don't, what people don't realize I like is as you start growing, the more students you have. So the, the, the questions that come in and the following, you're responsible 
for these people's future or, or a, a good trainer should, should be. So is something that really should happen naturally and organically. And the, and the same thing with the product line. I never planned on selling anything. Carla and I had certain needs for machines and I wasn't crazy about what was out there. So I made it. And then we said, why don't we sell it all came the, everything we've done always came from like a very organic place. We did it because we need it. And then that turned into growth, but yeah, they're totally, totally different businesses. I mean, selling stuff is, is a pain. You got to sell it. You got to the customer service, you got the shipping. You know, I didn't get my package. This very, very different businesses. You know, the, the more I start doing other things, the more I'm like, just put me back behind my chair <laughs> with, with, with my music and let me chill. But then, you know, those have its days where it's like, man, I've been tattooing for so long. Like maybe let me get into some other things that'll keep me from being in the chair three, four, five clients a day. So there has to be balance. It all has to come from a real place. It has to come organically or else you'll, you'll just fail out of it. Like everything else becomes watered down by chasing it. So if it's not organic, if it's not something that's a true necessity and then it's, it, it's will work. It's will work, you know, choose what you want to do and be an expert at that and build a team that can help you with other things. Cause it's, it, it's, it's a lot as an individual, which most of us are. And most of us, it's just us. You know, maybe you've got one other person, but for the most part, you know, we're, we're by ourselves. It's not easy. It's not easy. Just keeping your social media up is a full-time job. You know, now you want to sell machines, teach, keep up with student questions. And it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's fulfilling. It, it comes from the right place. Yeah, that's so good. I love that cooking analogy of like, now you have to see about the salt and the seasoning because everybody's at different levels. And that's, that's such a brilliant analogy. That's just so, so good. So I love all that. I want to know about your personal lessons learned of like, we all learn from, you know, quote, failures or mistakes or things that happen. But was there a big moment where you were like, wow, that, that was a big lesson learned? Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a lot of, well, I mean, anytime you make any kind of mistake in your art, that's, I mean, well, even if it's just a bad dot, like it sticks with you, like you lose sleep over it. I do at least. So anytime a result comes back less than perfect is, is always something huge you know like luckily has happened in a long time but that's always like a really big teacher and yeah i mean really just just any big failure lose money <laughs> it's always a, a, you know just with shipping products for example you know I, I like simple things like insure your packages like i sent out 12 machines to somebody that got lost in the mail so now you know at, at 600 dollars a machine you know little things like that so yeah, it's these things are just happening with, with experience where they're just, you can't avoid it and you've got to just keep moving and you have to take this business very, very seriously. You can't really have one foot in, one foot out. A lot of people use this as like a side gig and that's okay, I, I suppose, but you, you have to be in it for the right reasons. You can't do this to chase money, you know, for the, it's because it's not always amazing and when you're chasing the money, you know, you don't have the ethics start to sway a little bit. We're in control of people's lives, you know, and especially with SMP, like the, the gentlemen that we work on are experiencing a loss, like not just a physical aspect, but mentally they're, they're going through something. And, you know, at the same side where we have this incredible power to give people something that, that they need or didn't even know they need on the other side of that coin is you can really mess somebody's life up. You know, they can't just throw a hat on and go to work. They're all, you know, dealing with something you don't like, they don't like. And if you mess that up, it's a lot, it's a huge responsibility. And so, 
you know, you really got to make sure that, you know, what you're doing, you're doing it right. You're doing it for the right reasons. You're focused because otherwise you're messing somebody up. Like it's so bad. And not only is it bad for you and that person, it's exponentially bad for the marketplace. Like I said before, you know, our, our market is judged on that. I have a friend, a client that became a friend and he calls me from, I was on a boat with some people and he calls me and he says, Hey, with this guy, he has really, really bad SMB. I wanted to introduce you to him so you could fix it. Yeah. I don't do fixed jobs anymore. Just I'll send him to get laser and he can see me six months later, whatever. I'm just not, I don't, I don't do repair jobs anymore. And this, this other girl grabbed the phone. She said, I just got to tell you something. She's like, this whole time where, you know, some of the girls are looking at one of them is my client. The other guy's got the really bad job. And they're all looking at this guy go, what's wrong with that? Why does it look like that? Is it die? Is it this? Is it that? Like, what's going on? And finally, somebody was like, oh, he went and got a head, a hair tattoo. She was like, I always wondered what those look like in person. And sure enough, they look like sh-. And she goes to my client to kind of like poke far and be like, hey, well, they listen to one who got a hair tattoo. Like, look how bad. I knew this stuff looked like sh-. He's like, I've had this for three years. You've never even noticed. And she's like, wow. And that, and had he not said that or had that conversation not happening, you know, she goes home and now that's what she's learned about our industry is that, is that the work looks terrible. So now, you know, the, the, the next weekend, her buddy, Johnny, Hey, you want to go out this weekend? And I can't, I'm going to do this, the scalp micropigmentation. They call, no, 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 don't do it. I saw this guy on the boat. So it's those bad jobs are exponentially terrible. And just for the individual, for the marketplace, for, for everything. And just like I saw, so I'll say many people's lives are ruined by bad work and it really is it's not something you can you can hide from like the mental aspect of like having something that you're not comfortable with finally working up the bravery to go get it fixed and then that going bad and now you're in a worse place than you would have started with it now if you were just if i was just comfortable with how i looked in the first place i'm now in this whole other place where it's and it's terrible it's heartbreaking Unfortunately, it happens a lot and most people walking around with bad work don't know it because people are pointing it out and saying, oh, what happened to your head? Everybody knows it looks like shit, but no one's going to say anything. So these guys walking around with terrible work, nobody's saying anything. Yes. <laughs> like, what do you do there? Yeah. yeah. It just gave me chills when you said like, they're already going through something like the psychology of like this transition point and then the whole thing. So yeah, so powerful. When you think back to your journey, what would you tell your younger self? Like, what did you wish you would have known or what advice would you even give to somebody that's just starting? Practice. Never get a big head and think that you're the best because even if you are, there are people coming up ready to take that spot. You can't keep complacent, keep pushing your heart, keep pushing your heart and learn how to market. Like people get lucky in this industry. They start out, they hit the Instagram and they do great for a year or two, maybe three, right? Because there's this immediate space that we can touch, right? There's a certain amount of people that we can touch just by reaching, right? And you do great. You fill your books. Awesome. Well, after a while, that reach dies. We already touched all those people. So you've got to figure out a way to extend that reach and keep it moving because the S&P business itself, even permanent makeup is not really the best business unless you really keep your marketing engine moving. We get a client, we make good money off of them and that's it. They don't come back. It's not like they come back 
every six months or once a year, or they come back for another procedure. Like that's it. So I really wish I would have planned better for marketing, like their long-term growth and creating a good structure for that, having proper operating procedures, having good follow-up, just having a place where all of these things are connected so that you can continue to grow that snowball. Because this is also an industry where people may not make a decision today. You know, I've got people who've been following me on Instagram for two years who finally go, I'm ready. So that was something to wake up to, you know, when all of a sudden things aren't going to slow. You know, the market changed too, you know? So, you know, everything's going great. Or then the market changes or five more people open up in your area who are now doing things a quarter of your price. And these people don't know the difference between quality. They just know that he charges a thousand and I charge 4,000. So uh, really, really knowing your business, creating vision, having proper strategy, having proper procedures and, and systems in place before you start to grow is important. Then you grow rapidly and now you're, you're standing on sand, you know, and then you can't really scale. So if, if that's your goal, that's the main thing. And also communicate, like talk to people, you know, for the first half of my career, none of us spoke to each other, like, because we wanted to keep our share of the market. So I'm not telling you what needles I use, what pigment I use, whatever I'm using, because I'm trying to control my little piece of the pie. The more we started to talk, the more we learned from each other, the better our work became collectively and then the market started to grow. So now we were able to do more and keep learning. Like, you know, this is a, we, we've gotten into this idea that, especially in SMP, permanent makeup is a little different, but that you train with one person and that's it. Like you learn from that, you use exactly what they use and then that's it. They move forward and they never think about like learning ever again. Yeah. Like what? when you think about it, it's, it's kind of crazy. And you know, there's people who do things a little differently that you can learn from. And there's so many different aspects to the art or even the business that one person is, it's not enough. It's not enough. And try to find a mentor. If you can find a mentor and really like put your pride aside, you really want to learn, find somebody who's done what you've done. Put your pride aside and go and learn. Really, really want to learn. I took a complete sidestep for my career, put everything down. I was like, you know what? If I really want, really, really want this to go in this direction, I need to like pull the plug, stop, humble myself, went and did a, grabbed the mentor, just kept my mouth shut for <laughs> for the better part of six or seven months. It is absorbed. You know, that, that took me on a, on, in a whole other direction. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I think that so many times that going back to that cooking analogy, like you can learn different styles, you can learn different ways, or even the art analogy, the same thing. You learn different brushes, you learn different techniques. You know, there's not just one way because it is art, right? Yeah. Like I said, I mean, this is an art that's based in science. There are very specific rules that you need to follow, but there are ways to work with those rules to create other ways of doing things. When you get locked into just one person's way, you miss out really on, on a lot and even learning and even watching somebody do something wrong. There's value in under it, seeing those things as well. So, you know, this is really an art that, you know, I've been doing this for 11 years. I'm still progressing. I'm still evolving. I'm still trying to make different things happen. And when you get stuck in like this one myopic way of executing, it gets old, it gets stale. There's, I'm in, I'm in constant need of, of, some sort of evolution. So, yeah. 
I'd love for this. There's so many really key like mindset shifts that I'm hearing, like not only like that, find a mentor, like humble yourself, like all of these kind of layers of an onion that you've kind of gone through. Was there one major one as you're scaling, as you're leveling up your business that you're like, this is the big, you know, because we talked about business model and how those business models are different, right? Like there's a different business model for each business. Right. Well, scaling is not something I ever planned on doing, but again, you know, being around for a long time when, you know, we can make really good money well, but you're limited by time. There's only so much time I can spend behind my chair. There's only so many students I can get in front of me. So we're capped, you know, and if you want to break through that cap, you want to start making, you want to start getting into the multi-million, you know, you want to start making 10, 15, 20, 30 million, you have to scale. You have to create processes and strategies and define a brand and you have to be able to deliver that. And then you have to be able to let go of perfection. Like it's very difficult to be very good at something and, and allow somebody to step into your world and execute in a way that's not as good as you. And it's very difficult to let that happen, but not everybody wants to do that. And it's, it's perfectly fine to just do it. And I never planned on it. You know, I always wanted to do my own thing and just kind of, you know, the busier I got, the more expensive I'd be and just getting a little bit more boutique and a little bit more expensive. But then I was like, you know what, there's we're still in a very, very early place in this industry to where we still haven't seen like huge growth, you know, in S and P for makeup, whatever we, we live in this world between the things, right? We've got medical aesthetics. We've got the beauty and barber world. We've got the cosmetology makeup world. And we live at just regular body art tests. We live in the middle of all of that. What we do should be huge. Everybody should know what we do, but they don't. Yes. People still like you do what? Right? So there's this, we're in a very, very early place in this industry. And there's a lot to be said about that. And if you want to have a piece of that, like really have a piece of that, scaling is the only way to guarantee, you know, like a lifetime in this serious revenue. So good. Perfect. Yeah, that was, that was a big change for me. You know, it, it started making really good money. I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, and now, but after you start doing that for a while, like, not impressive anymore. I remember when I first had my first $10,000 day, I was mind blown. Doesn't excite me anymore. How do I do a hundred? How do I do a million? How do I do, there's this, like, I wasn't always there, you know, but when I realized it was possible, then you start, okay, well, this is, this is, this can be done. <laughs> so. That that's been my focus lately. Is how do I how do I do this and not be stuck like Cheryl day? And I don't mean to say stuck because I I really love what I do. But well, there's like I said, you you're, you're capped. You know, it's only so many hours of the day. You know, so products become a way you can make some money or you know doing training or getting the training stuff online or what yeah. location and having options. And I think you know what you've done is, and this is why I tell our, my students like you need to grow this first business to be like a teenager. You can't start like six projects at once, right? So you got you got the service business going, then you got the trading going, then you moved on to products and so forth. And so, yeah, that's a big thing. What's next for you? It's not real unless you can write it up. If you can't write down on a sheet of paper how you execute something, you can't scale. It's impossible. Yes. You can't you can't keep it here. It has to be in black and white. It has to be something that you can hand over to somebody that's tangible 
that can be replicated. Same thing with training. If you can't explain exactly how you do a technique, it's not a technique. You're just getting lucky, right? If there's no roadmap to how to execute it, I know some guys who do these hair stroke looks that look amazing, right? But these guys just know what to do with their hands. They understand a certain feeling and a vibration and their hands are just capable of it. There's a reason they don't teach it to people because it's not tangible. It's not, you can't just give it to thousands of people and they, and they can make it happen. So things have to be real. Uh, what's next is just, just more scaling. We just opened our new location in Phoenix. So now we're in Miami, Phoenix, and New York. We've got our new pigments that are being launched with collaboration with Permablends. We've got two S&P sets coming, lip set, and then I think there's eyebrows that coming, but we're going to release those in about a month. We've got a lot of new training stuff coming out. We've got very focused training capsules that we're going to be bringing out online. I am slowly shifting away from not doing so much beginners and fundamental training. I'm going to be putting a lot, some of that online, but really moving it to taking people who have trained elsewhere or somewhere. And it, I want to develop artists. Like it's great teaching some teaching all these people something new, but you know, the success rate of these, of this is 20, 30% of people who actually come in, do the work and become successful. I more interested now in finding people who have done the work, who have the talent, who are doing really well. And I want to teach them how to develop their own art, like how to show that, how they can develop, what makes them a better artist and experts, how to specialize, how to create things that are, that make sense to them rather than just replicating what a teacher told him. So I want to start building, I want to start doing that. And then that'll turn into me finding the best artists and then placing them in other stores, begin to grow. But I've got very large plans for this whole thing. So good. Steven, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Oh, yeah. So Tell everyone where they can find you. And then I have a final question for you. Sure. Follow my Instagram. DVG underscore SMP. You can follow the studio at Sculpted Studios, a website, yeah. Sculpted Studios. Yeah. So pretty easy. Yeah. So good. And we'll link all that up, of course. All right. So my final question I always like to ask is like, other than what's exciting and new coming, because we already covered all that, what brings you joy? What brings joy? Uh, see, that's a, that's a tough question. I just, I'm a very simple person. I just like good food, quietness. And just, just, I'm simple. People just, uh, it's a tough question. What brings me to head of the, I'm a pretty happy person in general. I just like to, I like to make a difference. I like, as cheesy as it sounds, I like, really like helping people. I really like, you know, helping that change their lives. You know, it never gets old. People staring and you know, looking in the mirror before they leave or, or things like that. But you know, I'll, well, if you're in New York, so I know you got good food, but you don't got quietness there. <laughs> Uh, that's where we'll yeah. sleep away to the desert. At some point, I'll be up in the hills, Phoenix, somewhere. Very quiet. That was so good. Well, thank you again. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. 
Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, Hugs and High Fives. See you next week.